Welcome to a bonus episode of the PebCAC Podcast. I'm Chris Louie, and I'm joined by my usual co-hosts, Brian Deach and Glenn Medina. And for this bonus episode, we also have our guest, Rich Kahn. In this bonus episode, we will be discussing Christopher Nolan's psychological thriller movie, Tenet. Just as a warning, we'll be discussing heavy movie spoilers, so if you have not seen the movie yet, please turn off the podcast and come back once you have finished watching. You have been warned. Tenet was released in 2020 during the height of the global pandemic, and most people streamed it to their living room since most movie theaters were closed. It stars John David Washington, the son of Denzel Washington, and that shiny fellow from the Twilight series, and follows a covert CIA agent who is recruited into a secret organization called Tenet, which is tasked with preventing the end of the world. Well, don't forget, Chris. Do don't forget, start? Chris. He was also on Harry Potter. So, <laughs> Cedric Diggory. That's true. So, not that I'm a Harry Potter fan. Yes, I am, but yeah. <laughs> and now he's Batman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's kind of strange, but we're here to talk about Tenet. So. Focus. Focus. Let's talk about this, Chris. Yeah. I, I, I'll be honest with you guys. I totally confused, and I didn't get unconfused until I watched some of the YouTube um, explanations that Chris had, had sent me to. So, Chris, I don't know if you want to post that out there, the the ones that you sent me. But the idea that uh, you know you're you're able to go backwards in time, but yet not cross over. And I was, and this is what I'm confused about, guys. Help me understand it. I thought you can't touch each other back in the in the future in the past am i wrong without that i thought that was explained but yet there was there was a lot of that that was going on that was explained but i don't know if they did they meant skin on skin contact because they fought through suits right and they never touched skin on skin so i don't i don't i'm guessing that that might be one of the explanations because yeah. he did fight against himself right in that one yeah. series when they came out of the chamber yeah. Right. Yeah, but he was all suited yeah. up then, right? Yeah. Always practice safe time traveling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but moving backwards in time. But yeah. Yeah, I, th I think that's probably one of the one of the best explanations of how the turnstile works is that traditionally, when we think of time travel, it's you walk into a phone booth or you walk into a machine and it zaps you back to you know wh whenever you choose. But the time travel tenant is you go into the turnstile and the time travel begins backwards from, from the time you exit in real time. So if you want to go back an hour in time, you have to wait an actual hour in real life once you've been inverted. And I think that probably helped make more sense of it uh, for me, that it is technically time travel, but it's time travel in real time. Confusing. Still confusing. So... Brian, you watched it. I mean, yeah, what did I mean, you think? I mean, I've only watched it once. And at the end of the, 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 the movie, both me and my son said, I think we're going to have to watch this again. Yeah. Right? Like, you're just kind of confused. Like, was this the plot line to stop 9-11? Uh, like, I have no idea. Like, you know, there's so many moving parts of the entire thing, for sure. I think in true Christopher Nolan fashion, just like Inception and I guess the summit, well, maybe not Interstellar as much, but definitely Inception. That one is, number one, the movie is a lot more clever than it first appears to be. And you also have to do your own research on YouTube or sites that explain things to really understand and appreciate the movie. Because once I, 
once I did that and I saw this whole timeline of when, you know, the protagonist, his entire timeline, he gets inverted, he goes on the car chase, he inverts again, he goes back in time, he recruits himself, he recruits Neil, and I think that put some color around it and it started to make more sense, uh, but only after you watch it and then you read the explanation. Yeah. See, you're, this is why you're smarter than me. Like, I watched it, and the only thing that I got out of it that I that was spot on was the very beginning when the wife jumped off the boat. I was like, that was the wife. I'm like, what is going on? Did you have a twin? Like, I was yeah. confused, but I was 100% convinced that was the wife that jumped off the boat. Yeah. And then, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I passively watch movies, like, just kind of let it play. And if it wasn't for Chris kind of telling me, hey, like, you can't let that happen, I was just going to passively watch it. So I passively watched it for the first 50 minutes, just to be very honest. I was kind of letting it play while I was trying to do some work. And you can't do that in this movie. You have to you have to immerse yourself and try to think what's going on here, because you're right. I mean, I mean, first 15 minutes, if you're not in it to watch it and try to understand, you're missing a whole a big part of the movie right correct me if i'm wrong but you essentially miss a lot if you're if you're not paying attention whereas a lot of other movies you could miss the first 15 minutes and you're like yeah no big deal i watched the first 15 minutes and paid attention and you know kept watching and kept paying attention and i was still lost through <laughs> most of the movie i understood it at the very end kind of when they all spell it out to you as they're like you know saying goodbye spoilers right um i was like oh he's gonna recruit him in the future and they're gonna like have like a long friendship and this guy's like known him for years even though he's just meeting him now like i get it but i didn't understand that through the entire movie i was just like what is going on so i've only seen it the one time but i bet that the second watch that'll be oh this all makes sense now yeah and not that i condone this but maybe this is one of those movies you just gotta be on got to be on you got to be doped up on something because man <laughs> trying to understand it sober isn't wasn't that great so something that joe rogan recommends yeah. Yeah. wrong podcast i feel like so out of place since i've never done like anything like that before i have like you guys are all laughing and i'm like haha yeah it's funny but i have zero context for like what that 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 experience would actually be i've been such a square my entire life not to say that anyone of the rest of the three of us have done anything like that at all. So <laughs> be very clear about that, right, Teach? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I am willing to bet that if Rich had a couple of drinks in him, he would do like a killer Christopher Walken like uh, impersonation, like his delivery. Like I just I think do you, does anyone else get that vibe, or am I all, all by myself? I don't think I have a good Walken in me. <laughs> I don't think I have a good walking. I, I I would try to pull one out of the hat right now, but I don't think I have one in me. I need more cowbell. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel like Captain Obvious. Never mind. <laughs> Moving on. One of the things I thought was really interesting and why I think that this was... Uh, it might go down in history as a cinematic masterpiece. No, but... And to back up a little bit, before I watched the movie and I was reading reviews about it, there was a very love-hate review score on it. There were lots of one-stars, there were lots of five-stars. And people that gave it five-stars as, oh, the one-star people, they just don't get it. And then all the one-star people said, oh, this is confusing. I don't have time to figure out what actually happened. Or it was a, it was a huge letdown. And, but I, I, I think 
since I know Christopher Nolan's uh, films, when you go go back to Inception, where he introduced a concept of a dream within a dream, and that, to my knowledge, had never been done before, but it was it was really creative the way he did that. And then in Interstellar, he hired uh, uh, astrophysicists or cosmologists, and he he made it extremely scientifically accurate of how Interstellar would work. And then for this movie, for for Tenet, he introduced the concept of the temporal pincer, and I think that is probably one of the best parts about the movie, but also one of the most confusing parts of the movie that these people, they live through an event, they invert themselves, they know exactly what happens and they live through it again. And it's pretty confusing, but I think it's a really, it's an excellent cinematic uh, feature of the movie that he's now introduced to the the film world. And I don't know if people are going to use this like the dream within a dream and start making fun of it and making jokes of it. But I, I enjoy that he always tries to step outside of the box and come up with something new and not just come up with something new, but, but go a hundred percent on it. Yeah. Definitely not a fast and furious one through nine. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Does anyone else feel like if you had the opportunity to do that, you just screw things up. Like even if you knew the outcome, like you would just you would just mess it up. You just get in there and be like, Brian, you have one job. Like all you had to do was like, you know, pick up the soda can and you're over there like staring at a bush, right? They had a, you know, for whatever reason. Like I feel like I just I would screw things up. Through time travel? Yeah, yeah. If if I can go time travel, knowing the the series of events, I think they're like, Whatever you do, don't walk right here because you'll get ran over. And I'm like I think I had to do something, guys, and then and I'm just yeah. dead, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, I've I just guarantee you. Never it. seen a time travel movie where something didn't go terribly wrong. <laughs> I'd be like, dude, Bitcoin at three bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine though? Like, if you go back in time, like you're like, oh, I'm ten years old again, and I'm gonna influence the world, and your mom's like. No, we're not buying the domain google.com. Like, are you an idiot? No, mom. Like, we're going to take our life savings. We're going to put it on the 96 bulls. And she's like, get the hell out of here. Like, we're not gamblers. And, like, it's not going to change my outcome. I'm still going to be working at Zscaler doing podcasts with you guys. I'm telling you right now, electric cars is the way of the future. (laughs) It's coming. It's like straight out of back to the future. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I could could do that. I, I think... And, and jokes aside, I think that's probably why when the protagonist and and he has no name, so I think that's another thing Christopher Nolan does is a lot of his characters are intentionally two dimensional. Like in Inception, there's everybody has one name. I think Cobb, the main character, is the only one where we actually know both his names. Uh, but but in Tenet, the the main character, our protagonist, is actually called the protagonist, and his recruitment, I think, was so intense in that opening scene on the the train tracks that they knew his conviction that he would give his own life if it meant saving the mission that they could trust him that he would go back and do the right thing and save the world and not tell his old self to buy bitcoin at three bucks but can't you do both yeah why can't you save the world (laughs) if you save the world you should be allowed to buy bitcoin at three bucks (laughs) that's true Perks of the yeah. job, I guess. Hazard pay. Call it hazard pay. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I noticed another one of the, the cinematic uh, 
features. I don't know. I keep calling them features, but one of the the giveaways is um, the mask. When they're wearing the the oxygen masks, that is a dead giveaway of whether or not they're inverted or not. And I think that that helped a lot because it, there had to be some kind of distinction of is this guy inverted or is he not? I guess you know stepping in the puddle and having it reverse splash is is a giveaway. But a quick visual giveaway would be wearing that oxygen mask. And they gave some. Some explanation of it of, of why that happens. Your your lungs can't breathe inverted air or something like that. But I thought that was that was pretty clever. Yeah, I was gonna say something, Chris, but I, I, I it totally slipped my mind. I, I guess what I wanted to go to is if you if you look at this and the way it was it was written, like what would be different? You know, would there be it? Would could there be a part two to this? I guess is what I'm trying to say, right? Is like, could we see a tenant too? And then he goes off and sees, you know, maybe he goes back and tries to save, you know, his friend, right? Who he recruited and, and, and alter his, his, his back. I mean, his, his timeline as well into like this kind of, what would it be like? It'd be like, um, back to the future part three or part two, where you, you try and save your, your friend now. It'd probably start off as a prequel with uh, let's let's start off with the the, the Twilight guy. It would be a prequel from his perspective, but a sequel from the protagonist's perspective. So, yeah. Going back to your other thing that you're talking about, like saving the mission, like putting it your life of you know in front of it. I'll pick on you first, Rich. Is there any scenario in life where you'd be like, okay, uh, like I understand what I have to do, and if if it means I have to give up my life. For this, is there anything that you would do outside of like obviously your wife, kiddos? I was gonna say my kids, but you're right. Yeah, definitely my wife and the kids. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that, that lady I'm married to. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh man, I don't know. I'm not that passionate of a person. I guess like if it really came down to it, then we had to. It was like a red dawn situation. Then you know you gotta do what you gotta do. But I'd much rather kind of like be a keyboard activist if I had the choice. <laughs> what about you, Glenn? Wolverines. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm pretty selfish. So. <laughs> no, I, I. That's an honest yeah, answer, I though. I, I like yeah, that. I, I don't know. I wouldn't know what I'd do, right? Uh, fate of the world, um, but your family dies, or fate of the world, and you're trying to save your kids. Two totally different things, right? And I look at it as I've got to try and save my kids because they're my future right they're my legacy so i don't know what about you i wouldn't Mr. say you're Louis? too selfish glenn i mean you you were in the army you put it on the line for our country yeah but i was also that there guy says you want me to take my mask off now are you crazy no <laughs> <laughs> notice that's why i'm not in the army or spent 20 years in the army i spent seven and that was long enough it was seven it, seven was enough for me to realize this is dumb i need to get out and i need to go do something else so yeah no offense to anyone that's still correct in correct i i i, I came to my own reality of what i needed to do so yes absolutely correct what about you chris is there a scenario there yeah i think similar to what rich and glenn said for, for family for country for duty it's tough to talk about it now versus being in that situation like if there's a potentially dangerous situation where you have the 
capability to stop it, but that means risking your life. It's it's more of, could I live with myself knowing that I could have stopped it and saved someone else's kid versus, you know, saving my own kid? So I think mean, that's, it's, it's a tough moral call, and I don't think people are going to judge you um, either way. I think it just comes down to that split-second decision when that adrenaline's pumping in. It, it's, it's fight or flight time. 100%, my, man. My- yeah. My wife likes to play like the what if game. You know, we used to watch like a lot of like The Walking Dead, and then she started getting in her head like, you know, we got to be prepared like just in case. Like, what if what if COVID is like the the actual zombie apocalypse? And I'm like, what part of The Walking Dead do I want to be alive in that world? Like, number one, thanks for giving me credit that we're gonna get that far. But part of me is just like, let's just take an you know early exit. Like, I don't want to have to like go like wipe my butt with rocks and and try to go forge food from you know crazy things that doesn't sound like no internet no. i don't want no part of the, the post you know apocalyptic uh era for sure and you have to edit that one out but anyways yeah i, I don't know uh in that scenario if i want to be around for sure yeah I, you know, fight to preserve society but once it's that far gone that's a hard pass for me too but then at the same time like what you notice is at the very beginning of like the the walking dead like the the zombies aren't like that bad right they're kind of they, they look like they had a bad day maybe a couple too many drinks but as you go further on like their body starts to deteriorate even more and more so you have to think after like maybe if you survive 10 years into it they just have to be like a, a bag of mashed potatoes at that point in time you just kind of like step over it and not have to really worry about it like because you would hope everyone's like you know like they know what to do when something like that happens you know what I always thought was a gigantic plot hole in every single zombie movie is zombies are not warm-blooded, so just go somewhere cold and they all freeze to death. Is there any explanation in any of the zombie movies or lore that says zombies could survive in 50 degrees, 30? Like you put a turtle in, or a lizard in 30-degree weather and they're just like slowly moving around. Yeah. Vice versa, I feel like a... F- zombie would rot and turn to goop on a florida afternoon (laughs) like it would be no issue whatsoever it would just be a mound of goop and flies in in the span of an afternoon here yeah well the the only one cold would at least preserve them the only one i laugh at is like they all move slow so you can outrun them i still don't understand that and the only time where i've ever seen a a, a zombie movie where they were moving fast was at world war z where they were running Right? Have you seen Dawn of the Dead? Or maybe I, maybe I, I mean, you know what? I don't. I'm not a big zombie guy, so maybe I missed that. But so yeah, 28 and, days later brought the fast zombies in, and now I just watched Army of the Dead on Netflix, and there was some fast zombies in yeah. that one again too. Yeah, they, they've they zombies have gotten upgrades since I was a kid. I would be the caveman zombie, just slowly walking around, like I just woke up from a nap. Right, you wouldn't. There's no fear unless I have you backed into a corner. You're, you're gonna be just yeah. fine. Well, they all, okay. Maybe take that back. We'll go back to Hancock, where they couldn't come out in the sun. Not Hancock. I'm sorry. Um, the other I am legend. Movie. I am legend. Yeah, yeah. That was a good one. That one fits more with what's going on with COVID right now, with us trying to get this vaccine, than anything else. Right? It's the vaccine that causes people that turns into turn people into zombies. So is that right? Is that what it was? Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. It was the cure. For, it was the cure for yeah. cancer. Yeah, the cure for we cured cancer, but everyone that took the cure turned into a zombie. Failed successfully. <laughs> yeah. 
Except for Will Smith, the only anti-vaxxer on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been funny if he got cancer. Not that cancer is very funny, but I mean, story Ironic. Yeah. It'd be ironic. <laughs> there still be hundreds of thousands of Karens out there just roaming around looking for Will Smith to make out with <laughs> procreate. It's true. If anything, we know how unrealistic I Am Legend is now. So what were we talking about today? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> this is all my fault. I'm not going to lie. When you said that we're going to have this special series on Tenet, the first thing that my mind went to was like, oh, we're going to talk about Tenet controls and the SAS-based flat applications. Like, this is going to bomb. Yeah, I thought this was a pretty thought-provoking movie, and we had all watched it and wanted to get some, some other opinions of it because... Like, the first time I watched Inception, I think I was probably the only one that walked out of the theater liking it. And then after I learned more about it and, and the backstory, I liked it even more. So I was hoping that it would. this would probably be the similar case, I think. Uh, that That's why we have such a, a love-hate relationship with the movie. You either loved it or, or, or you hate it. Uh, it's it's whether or not you like that, that type of movie that, that really makes you think. Have you guys ever seen the movie Primer? No. It's another time That's another one movie. That I, yeah, I've heard. Is that JGL? I don't know what those letters mean. Joseph Gordon. No, 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 no. That's Looper. Looper. Yeah, you're Looper right. Looper was pretty um, good. Yeah, it's another good time travel movie for sure. Primer is another like really thinker, right? You gotta really pay attention to it, and it has kind of a similar concept where they go into a time travel device. Which then starts taking them backwards, um, and then they kind of step out. Uh, but it's um, it's another really, really confusing, thought-provoking time travel movie. I think if you are a fan of Tenet, you would be a fan of that one as well. Is that one worth the payoff? Because I've, I've, I've heard, I guess, similar stories of, of Tenet where some people says, Yeah, I watched it, I read all the stuff, it still wasn't worth the payoff. What, what do you think, Rich? No, I like it. I like it. Liked I like, yeah, I like Tenet. I like, I like Primer. I, I really, I'm a big fan of these types of movies that you can kind of watch and see different layers, and the types of movies that lend themselves to talking about them afterwards on a podcast. Did you guys catch that Cat's son might actually be Neil? Yeah. Like there is. Yes, I was. I I thought that that was going to be the case, but then they never really revealed it. Yeah, they didn't reveal it. I think they dropped hints of it. Yeah. And there's some people, online sleuthing people, that I don't know if it's confirmation bias or not, but you know, Max's name, his full name is Maximilian. And if you take the last four letters of his name and unscramble them, it turns into Neil. And there are some other uh, very subtle hints that that Cat's um, son ends up being Neil from the, from the future. I think that's kind of a far stretch. I think the other thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way was like, the, the relationship between Cat and the protagonist, right? Like, they wanted there to be some type of, you know, chemistry, but they had all the chemistry of, like, a school bus fire, in my opinion. Like, there was nothing remotely romantic about that, and then he's just going to be there and answer the phone at any given point in time to save her life in the future. I'm like, I don't know. Like, that's kind of weird. What do you guys think? I mean, I think John David Washington as an actor... I he wasn't very convincing for me. Like he, I look at like a Denzel Washington in Training Day. Like I didn't really see that in him, and I mean I don't expect him to to be like his his dad after a career of acting, but I don't think his acting was great. 
and maybe that's what lent lent itself to the lack of chemistry with the with cat maybe it was intentional i don't know i think what maybe ruined it for me is i, I watched the uh the hbo show ballers where he played it and i just i felt like that was just the same guy the entire way through have you guys ever seen that i have not watched ballers okay yeah i have not i've heard a lot of good things about it but i haven't watched it is that the rock show yeah yeah gotcha all right you guys good you want to call it a wrap yeah let's re- unless there's anything else you guys want to talk let's about let's rewatch yeah, tenant and then do this again for part two <laughs> let's do a three-hour long episode where we just watch it together oh yeah oh and let's just uh, let's critique it. it while we watch it <laughs> <laughs> we can do an editor's cut <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us for this bonus episode of the PebCAC podcast, where we talked about uh, the movie Tenet and went into the weeds on some of the zombie apocalypse scenarios, but all a good time. And thank, like, thank everyone for, for joining us. Thank today. you all. Appreciate it. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, guys. Bye, Christopher Nolan. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>